This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. On this podcast, I try to interview a variety of really interesting people who can share advice for those of you who are entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business leaders, or maybe people who have a job who just want to be entrepreneurial Or maybe that is the case so often, because I hear from so many listeners, you have a job, but you feel that your ladder's against the wrong wall, and you found a podcast called Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, because you want to go out and try some cool things. So hopefully there'll be some advice that comes along. You can always check out this community on Facebook at Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. You can follow me on Twitter at Cool Podcast. And if you want to get involved, we have a group coaching program called the Potential Mastermind Project. And that's for people who are really looking at figuring out how do I get across this gap from potential to results. And you can find out all the information about that at potentialmastermind.com. So today, I have a guest from the Great White North, from Saskatchewan, Canada, and she is uh, delightful, but Edna is a real estate professional who helps other people figure out how to find success, and I think that's what this show is all about. So Edna Keep, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much, Tom. I'm excited to be on your show. It's uh, such a cool name, too. I never considered myself a cool kid, so it's nice to be at the cool kid table. That's right. That's exactly. (laughs) I've seen a picture of you. You've got like a little pink frost in your hair. You're clearly one of the cool kids. I, I may be a cool adult. I wasn't a cool kid. <laughs> <laughs> so Edna, I don't, I don't actually get into reading the bios that PR people send and things like that. So I just like to ask people, who are you and what do you do? How did you get to where you are? So who is Edna Keep and, and what's been your entrepreneurial journey? You know what? It's been a long one, Tom. Uh, I, I became a financial advisor like oh, 17 years ago. And uh, that was my first start at being an entrepreneur. But I never really felt like I shone in that area. Uh, but when I got into real estate and I was able to apply my financial advice in the real estate arena, uh, I finally feel like I've got something unique to offer the world. So your background, you started off as a financial advisor, but then what led you, I mean, obviously financial advisors really are entrepreneurial because you kind of have to eat what you kill, but what what led you to leave that, to go into real estate and then to become a coach and and somebody who helps guide other people? Where was that transition? You know, we, we've done, I'd done well in the financial services industry. I was making probably 250,000 a year. I was very happy because you know, as a single mom at age 16 who was living in subsidized housing, earning minimum wage with my daughter in subsidized daycare, you know, I thought I was on top of the world. I love making that kind of money. But I got bored with what I was doing. 
And I never felt a uniqueness, you know, I never felt people would say, well, what's so unique about you that I should deal with you as someone else? And I never really had an answer. And we decided to uh, invest in real estate just on our own because all our money was in mutual funds, which is what I sold. Um, And we didn't like that. You know, we thought we better uh, diversify a bit. Uh, So it was that diversification. We decided to take some training as to just jump in and buy a house. Um, And it was through that training that I really realized that uh, I love this profession. I love buying property. Uh, I love my my mantra has always been learn, grow, share. So I like that. Learn, learn, grow, share. I like that. Yeah. So I really, really liked uh, being able to share what I was learning. And it was so exciting because we uh, we bought 50 properties or 50 doors within 18 months of starting uh, our real estate training. And so people were always asking me, Edna, how'd you do that? How'd you do that? Like we've been in the program, same program as you for like three years and we're on our like third house. And I realized then that my background as a financial advisor was really helpful. And for the first while I was thinking, ah, but that's me. I, I can't teach that. And then I realized, yeah, you know what? I can teach that. Uh, because I started sharing that with just people close to me, like friends and family. And all of a sudden, they were buying, you know, one house here, or an apartment building there. And I was like, okay, I, I got this. And that's actually how my program started, just people asking. And I finally said, okay, I can do this. <laughs> so you started off, you know, you said subsidized housing, single mom at age 16. So for those people out there who've sort of started off maybe behind, you know, some sort of a adversity, you know, what was that like pulling yourself up by the bootstraps? I mean, obviously, you know, that's not the easiest way to, to launch your life is to, to, to be on your own at 16 with a kid. So what was that like? Well, you know, I had a lot of support from my parents, um, but I still always felt like, you know, that dummy, you know, you're dumb enough to get pregnant at 16. And I couldn't go to college because I had uh, the, the, you know, the child. So I had to start working and it was just a job in a clinic and and I liked it for the first while just happy to make money always love making money but realized that you know 1200 bucks a month which it was at the time just wasn't cutting it I always wanted to make more so um I I used to get told by uh friends and family you know Edna you got to learn to live within your means and I thought you know what no I don't want to learn to live within my means I want to learn how to be wealthy if I got to learn something I want to study what I really want. And I don't want to live in a scarcity mindset. Uh, and I didn't know all that terminology back then. I just knew I wanted to be rich and I didn't want to live a poor life. Uh, so I, I just started doing whatever I could. I tar- started taking um, correspondence courses. And and really, I, I didn't have any role models where people were making a lot of money in my life. Um, so it was like one step at a time. It was from receptionist to secretary to office administrator to, advi- to financial advisors. So they were all incremental steps. I, I couldn't imagine going from a receptionist to a financial advisor, um, but the steps along the way uh, built my confidence and, and helped me uh, realize that, yeah, I, c- I could do more than I thought I could. So you bring up a really interesting point on that, that you took incremental steps from, you know, that being 16-year-old mom to being a receptionist to doing this to working in a clinic to working your way up. I think so often people, they, they want to skip all those steps. You know, they, they, they look at the ladder and they think, okay, I'm on the bottom rung. I want to be just like the person on the top rung. And they don't look at what did that person do 
to get there? And how did the world change since that person did it? They just start wanting to emulate it. And there's so much advice out there uh, from sort of what I call the guru class that is, you know, fake it till you make it. And, and the problem with that is, is that if you don't take the steps along the way, then you're a fraud. So, you know, I think that's great advice about taking those incremental steps. Well, and you know, Tom, I had to grow into the person I am today. You know, as much as I wanted to be making a million dollars a year when I was young, uh, I just wasn't the person that could have handled it. And now I am. I am the person that can handle it because there's a lot of challenges that come with making that kind of money and with dealing, you know, with staff and buildings and investors and and I couldn't have been that person at, you know, even 30 years old. Sure. Well, and I, I also loved something that you said. I wrote it down. And that is you said that, you know, people advised you, Edna, you have to live within your means. I mean, so many people can relate to that. Maybe it was a parent or a grandparent or, or somebody who was coaching them was telling them, oh, you know, you need to adapt to this situation. And I love the fact, and this is so true with so many people who I interview here on the show, is that they weren't willing to adapt to the situation. They decided they were going to change the situation. So do you think that's like a trait that happens if you're going to be a successful entrepreneur that you're willing to, to instead of taking your slice of the pie, you're willing to go and bake a bigger pie? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is because, you know, even in school, I was never an A student. I was the, the typical C student who turns into an entrepreneur because I just didn't fit that mold. Like I didn't care to get a 80% on tests that did not interest me. It was like I was happy to get 50 just to get it over with. I knew I wasn't going to work in those areas. Uh, and even today, like I love studying, but don't make me study stuff I'm not interested in. Well, and I think that's interesting. We do that, you know, with, with kids. My, my, my daughter's in a high school, and in junior high, they had to pick which track they wanted to be on. And so she's in the media tech track, and she excels at it, and she's great at it. But in the last two years, now that she's ending her sophomore year, she's taken a huge interest in science. And so part of her wishes she had gone into the bio track. Uh, the biomed track, but but you can't switch. And it's like, why are we asking kids in eighth grade to make a decision of what they're going to study for the next four years? Because it's so easy to change. And so I, I, I totally get sort of what you're saying. One other thing before we move on that you've said a couple of times, and I actually like the fact that you say it, and you say it in such a way that it just comes off your tongue like, yeah, whatever, you know, top off my beer. And that is, I like making money. So when did you get comfortable being able to say, I like making money because I think a lot of people struggle with that. I think there's a mindset problem where people think, oh, you know, I don't want to talk about money. I don't want to look like I love money. So they just, they're like, it's not about, I talk to people all the time in my profession who are like, it's not about money. Well, if it's not about money, you're not going to pay your mortgage. And you know what? I'm a big believer in, you know, that uh, airplane analogy about putting the mask on your face, uh, get your own oxygen before someone else's. I, I totally believe in that. I can't help people if I'm not financially free. I can't help them become financially free if I'm not financially free. I can't help a lot of people if I'm in poverty. I can help a ton of people when I make money. And, you know, I started my first job when I was 14 years old. And even then, Tom, I knew that I loved making money. It was a it was a power position. Um, I was the one who could buy beer for our friends. I could buy the cigarettes I used to smoke. I don't anymore. And I could buy the French fries, you know, just little stuff. And I loved that. And I did not care that other people couldn't. I wanted more of that. 
So beers, beers, French fries, and cigarettes. I think that's the <laughs> trifecta of the teenage diet, actually. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so now that you've been doing this for a long time and you've become quite successful, what is it that you love about the entrepreneurial lifestyle? You know what? The freedom. Um, I from, from when I was very young as well, my mom used to always say to me, you never listen to a damn thing I tell you. <laughs> and I realized that I hate tell, people telling me what to do. Um, you know what? I never got married till I was 40 years old because every guy I ever dated tried to tell me what to do. Like, you can't do that. You can't do that. And it was like, Oh, I, I just couldn't handle it. My husband now is super. I, I never get that from him. He knows I can do whatever I want. So the biggest thing for me is that I get to do whatever I want. I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. I, I hire all that out. <laughs> so let's be honest, though. Entrepreneurship is not all champagne and roses. What are the parts of it that you don't like? Are there ever days where you think, God, if I just had a job, someone else would take care of all this? You know what? Yes. Uh, you know, there's times, you know, in an entrepreneurial world, your income is sporadic. So it's up one month and down the next and up. And you know what? We always have people to pay and and they always get paid before us. So sometimes I think, you know, maybe a $500,000 a year job would be better than all this sporadic, you know, income and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I actually consider myself certifiably unemployable. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that a lot on this show with the people who I interview. So what advice do you have for someone who's listening who's thinking, I don't like to be told what to do. I want to buy the beer and the French fries and the cigarettes. No, I don't think in, in 2018 it should just be beer and French fries. Wait a minute. Exactly. Actually, in, two thousand, in 2018 it should just be French fries. Wait a minute. <laughs> Not I don't think it should be salad. any of those. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I want to buy the bottled water and the salad. So, yeah, but, yeah. but if someone's listening, what, what advice do you have for them? You know what? Um, I've got some young people in my program that are 20, 21 years old. They were 21 when they started with me. And they amaze me every day. And this is what they're doing. And this is what I advise, you know, young people especially. Figure out something you want to do. And you don't have to think that it's going to be a lifetime of doing it. And then find somebody who's doing what you're doing and get them to coach you and mentor you through the steps. Um, I, I've had coaches, Tom, since 1999 when I was a financial advisor. And that's been my biggest growth because I don't have to learn and go through all the trials and errors that everybody else does. I take shortcuts all the time. And it's from people more successful than me who are doing what I want to do. Well, and, and you talk about the young people. You, you said something very key, and that is that what they do isn't what they always have to do, right? It's like, you, you know, you, you, you're doing this. Get a coach, learn how to do it. But it's not the job you have to have your whole life. I interviewed a woman three years ago who's actually become a good friend of mine. Her name is Dr. Deborah Gilboa. She was on the show almost exactly three years ago, and she has a great line. She's a parenting expert, but she started off, she was an actress. She worked for Second City TV, and she, she worked sort of in the management side of it. And then she went later, like, in her late 20s or early 30s, she went to medical school and she has a private practice as a, as a family practice doctor. And now she's like on the Today Show all the time talking about parenting. She's an expert on, on raising kids. She has four kids of her own. And one of the things she says that I think is just fabulous to young people is don't ask kids, what do you want to do when you grow up? Ask kids, what do you want to do first? 
because exactly you know, you know she yeah. she majored in drama and when she went to medical school she was worried that you know that was going to be a problem but all they required was a college degree and and she said she asked them in what and they said in a college you know it was like you know it didn't, <laughs> as long as she had the science you know prerequisites it was totally okay so she went from the the, the world of theater into the world of medicine and now she's sort of an expert spokesman and and, and teacher on parenting and so it's not and then she'll probably do something else because she's still you know very young what it's not what do you want to do it's what do you want to do first and i wish someone had told me that when i was 20. well you know like you mentioned about your daughter how do people make those decisions when they're in grade eight like if i would have even thought that i could have done this uh later on in life i don't i i don't like what classes would you even take there was no such thing as entrepreneurial classes back then right um but you know what what i teach my kids. I got uh, three girls, but my two youngest are 14 and 16. And they're getting ready to take their high school class. Well, one's in high school, one's getting ready to go into high school. And they're all worried like what they should take and stuff. And I go, you know what? Take some fun stuff because you got to have fun stuff. You don't want to be in all biologies and sciences and everything else. Uh, You know, you might want to do something like that, but just have fun and enjoy what you're doing. And you know, ultimately, I don't even care if they go to college. What I've told them I'd like them to do is work for free for Tony Robbins for a year. (laughs) Wouldn't that be powerful? And in our position, we could do that. We could pay them to, you know, pay their college tuition by them going wherever and following Tony Robbins around for a year and learning what they need to know by, by volunteering at something like that. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring up Tony Robbins or even on a much, much smaller scale, what I do. I make my living as a professional speaker. And what's so fascinating is, is that if I had told somebody in the 1980s when I was in college that that's what I wanted to do, people would have rolled their eyes at me. I mean, it wasn't even really a thing. I mean, it was, but it wasn't in the 80s like it is now. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things that I think, you know, I've read statistics that a lot of the jobs that your daughters and my daughters will have – they haven't even been invented yet. So it's like, how can you even know what you're going to study if the jobs haven't been invented? That's that's also what I tell my daughters. Like there's so many opportunities now uh, that they wouldn't, e- wouldn't even have, uh, like I, I wasn't exposed to. Like even uh, some of the classes they were trying to pick the other day, law, psychology, I said, you take psychology. That will take you places just understanding your own brain and other people's that that can never be taken away from you. Same with bookkeeping and accounting. You should always know because someday I think there'll be a business owner how to do some kind of bookkeeping and accounting. Oh, ab- absolutely. So, so many people start businesses and they have so much potential when they get going. I talk to people all the time and they want to start a speaking business or they want to start a podcast and they, you know, they, they want some advice and, and they, they have a great idea. They have something very unique. They have talent and then it never goes anywhere. So what I've discovered is that there is a real gap between potential and results. And this is one of the things that I go into companies and speak about. And I get you know people to really look at what's holding us back. But why do you think, first of all, there's a gap between potential and results? And then what do you think entrepreneurs can do to move across that gap? You know what? That's a really good question, Tom. And one of my favorite quotes ever is by Jim Rohn. And it says, income seldom exceeds personal development. So my advice would be always be doing personal development, be reading something every day, be be studying something that you're interested in, whether it's by book or webinar, master classes or podcasts, um, and, and get around people 
that you want to be like. Don't stay around those people who are naysayers saying, rolling your eyes, saying, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. Get around people who say you can do whatever you want to do, but this, these are the steps you need to take. So what, one of the things that I go through with my students is, are you familiar with the book A Miracle Morning by Hel Eldra? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that to me is a really huge personal development. If you can do those six steps every day, your uh, meditation, your affirmations, your visualizing, your exercise, your reading, and your scribing, that is huge. And do it all the time. If you get that morning routine down pat where you're doing it all the time, you're you're going to be successful. Yeah, and I think you're right that when you mentioned, said one thing, and that is they should listen to more podcasts. So I think more podcasts. Right. Yes, I like think, this one. I, I awesome. think, you know, we're on like 300 <laughs> episode 337 or something like that. So I think that, you know, people could spend the next year listening to one episode a day and who knows what they would learn from the amazing guests like you that I've had on the show. So Edna, I actually am not going to let you go yet. I have a couple more questions for you. But first, <laughs> sure. but first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Hey, podcast does all that heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Edna Keep. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do because I get the emails, jump over right now to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Ed and I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is the coolest thing you're doing with your company right now? Uh, the coolest thing I'm doing and the most exciting for me coming up is I've got uh, 22 students in my mastermind and about eight of them want to do what I do, which is coaching and training other people. So this year, uh, I have about six students that want to take my program across Canada and U.S. Uh, so that's the thing that's gotten me the most excited. The fact is they're students, they're excelling at what they do, and they want to take what I teach and share it out into the world. So what is your program? How do people find that? They can find it at ednakeep.com. I've got a really nice website, website that talks about all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, uh, and, and they could reach out to me if they're not sure it's something they want to do. I do strategy calls with people, uh, but they can book that all from my website. So that's ednakeepkeep.com. Yeah. So... I love to ask the people who come on the show, because I know we could talk about you and the great things you're doing all day long, but I love to ask the people who come on this show who it is that they admire in the world of entrepreneurship, because I think great entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. I think they're always watching. So my question is, who do you see out there where you think, hey, she or he, they're crushing it? You know, uh, there's a few people in my life right now that are just amazing. Uh, one is a business partner. His name's Rennie Kleinot. He's from uh, uh, Calgary, which is the next province over. And he just brings me some amazing opportunities, and, and I, I love him for that. Uh, another uh, fellow that I'm working with right now, he's a, he's a mentor, and I'm going through his program. I'm going to be working with him in the future. His name is Rock Thomas. He just did an amazing gold cast video that has like 55. 50 million views, which is supposed to be like one of the highest. He's speaking at my event at the end of the month. Nice. 
And um, on top of that, I'm working with a with a business coach that's all about leveraging your business, and her name is Fabian Fredrickson. So those are three people in my life right now that are just rocking things out, uh, and I love working with them and learning from them. That's awesome. And then the final question I ask everybody is, what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because I think entrepreneurship's more than just making money. We all like to make money, as we talked about, but I think leaving some sort of a mark for the better is important. So what do you do? You know, uh, we are, we have a charity that we're tied with and we give 5% of all our membership fees from our real estate investment club to them. And it's called Habitat for Humanity. And I have a special spot for them because, you know, as a single mom and I lived in low, low income subsidized housing, it's so powerful that we can, uh, make, build these houses and people can move into them and all they're paying is the payments without all the interest. Uh, so I, I love that. That's my charity. But one, one of the things that I really love is all the students that I'm being able to help um, because they can then go on and help so many more people. Uh, and again, it's like putting that mask on first and then uh, helping other people put that mask on so they can go out and do the same thing. Sure. Well, Edna Keep, thank you so much for being a guest here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. I think we already said that people can find you at ednakeep.com. That's E-D-N-A-K-E-E-P.com. Any parting words for the listeners? Listen to podcasts. That is something that I do almost every day right now. And I meet amazing people and I, I love them. It, it's so convenient. I just pop it in on my phone, put the earbuds in and I go, I exercise or clean house or do my laundry. It, it's amazing. It's such a convenient way to learn. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. I know people are going to put their earbuds in and learn from you when they hear this episode. And thank you to everybody who tuned in. I say it every episode, if it wasn't for the audience... We wouldn't have a show. So thank you, thank you for continuing to come back if this is uh, not just your first time listening. If it is your first time, we've got over 300 episodes. You can go backwards. But please, we're going to have some more great guests coming up in the coming weeks. We're here every Tuesday and Thursday via iTunes, via Stitcher, on YouTube, on my website at TomSinger.com. There are so many places. Spotify. There are so many places that you can find it. And uh, listenership is growing. So thank you very much for those of you who are telling a friend. And if you like the show, Jump over to iTunes if you're an iTunes user and leave a review because I say it all the time. It just makes me happy when I get a new review. So thank you so much for those of you who will take two minutes to go and do that. Hey, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as interesting and just as cool as Edna. I know you're thinking, what? How can that be possible? (laughs) But it's possible. We'll be back. But in the meantime, I'm going to challenge you. Go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.